Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. 10th of August and today we chatted to Harry Simeo out of England and he talked to us all things EPL and what about the Ronaldo signing by Manchester United. He also said my Spurs who are currently atop of the EPL. He said they're no chance of winning coming from the man who supports <laughs> the team at the very bottom in Arsenal. Suzanne McFadden, she chatted through the Paralympians and the success we had over the weekend all four of our medals are held by female athletes right at this point in time. Come on, lads. He's, she's also, Suzanne's also Kieran's mum, and that was a little frosty this morning. Maybe Kieran left the towel on the floor. Hugh McGahn, well, he was not that happy with Latrell Mitchell's shot on jo- Joey Manu. He talked about the NRL, who he thought could win, and some hope for the Warriors moving forward. And then finally, Phil Totarangi and his issues in the weekend in Matamata with his wedge. But a good day. Is we also had the beaver on the show. Yeah, great to have the beaver on the show. Chatting white bait and everything that should go in the white bait to cook it and make it really juicy. Tomato sauce, well, that's a questionable one, but I'm all for it. Let's <laughs> get it on. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Be spoiled this Father's Day with Versace Pour Home. 100 mil, just 59.90 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It is Monday the 30th of August and this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis today. We get the opportunity to chat many different aspects of sport. Harry Simeo out of the UK to talk to us all about the EPL, the dominance that is the Spurs at the moment, and also the signing of Ronaldo back to the home of Izzy's team, Man United. Wow, how did that deal go down? Then we're going to speak to Suzanne McFadden to chat all things Paralympics. Now, Suzanne also happens to be Kieran's mum, so how good's that, eh? We get the scoop on what Kieran was like growing up and how we can keep him under control out the back there. We've also got Hugh McGahn, the former Kiwi skipper, who's going to chat to us about not just the Warriors and the NRL, but also that hit from Latrell Mitchell. Well, we'll call it a hit. We'll call it a filthy hit as well on Joey Manu uh, on, in the weekend. That was despicable. We'll chat to Hugh McGann on that, get his take. And then we've got 
a fellow SENZ uh, member, a colleague, a Teared Up host, Phil Daltarangi, and he's going to talk to us not just about golf, but a couple of issues he had down here in the Matamata studio in the weekend. But until then, we're going to probably run through a little bit of a chat about what we got up to in the weekend. And my good friend Izzy down there in Ahoka, he got a bit of an un- upset tummy. So if we, if we lose Izzy at any stage during the show, <laughs> you know that he's just had to exit stage left. Uh, how are you, my oh. friend? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm all right. I've just uh, got back with 30 seconds to spare after Trudy's news. Uh, so, um, yeah, apologies, Trudy. I, I missed the start of that news. But I'm here now, and I'll, I'll just fight <laughs> it out throughout the morning and um, just do my best, mate. So it's all good. You know, life could be worse. But, um, mate, I'm happy. I had a great weekend. I had a good weekend with the family. Uh, we just chilled out and, and just, just relaxed. The weather wasn't too great, so... Um, yeah, we just really enjoyed our times uh, inside until yesterday. The kids were just started really, really testing the patients yesterday. They've just been locked inside for the last couple of days. And, uh, mate, had a great weekend, actually. Real good family time. Um, I watched the thing on last night on Sunday. It was it was Mike King. He was chatting about this pandemic and, um, you know, the mental issues that are fronting a lot of, a lot of um, young people, especially out in, in the public, uh, you know, area at the moment. And... One thing that really hit home about this pandemic and is what a wonderful opportunity it is. We've got no no worries. We've got nothing else to distract us. This is an opportunity for us to grow those connections with our kids, you know. And, and that's that really hit home last night because uh, towards the end of the day, I was getting really frustrated. I found myself getting a bit angry. It's just over the little things. And then Mike King really hit it home, mate. He's like, mate, this is the the greatest opportunity. Yes, the pandemic is tough, and we, you know. We, we're not used to this is the new normal and we're still adjusting to it. But the one thing I got about it uh, out of it is, man, this is a great opportunity to grow those connections with, with loved ones, your wife, uh, your little kids. So, um, mate, I just had a great weekend just really connecting and, and having fun with the, with, the, with the young ones and, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the time and, and watched a few races, a few movies on Saturday Bears. So, look, it was a good fun weekend. What about yourself, mate? How was Matter Matter? Treat you well? Yeah, it did, mate. But no, no, I just want to pick up on that point as well. You're spot on. It's a great opportunity during these times where we are forced to stay in our own four walls to to hmm. invest some time and some energy in, in your kids. And and don't they just pay it back in spades as well when you know when you do actually put some invest some time in them? Um, you know, you just see how much it means to them as well. They don't say it, but they, you can just see it on their faces and the smiles that you get in the mornings when you see them. So couldn't agree more, mate. About uh, the sentiment around putting investing some some time into your kids during these troubled times. Um, my weekend, mate, it was good. I, I had a good weekend actually. Ticked off a few things. The punt, mate, yeah. mate. There's uh, some great stories in the weekend. Absolute brilliant <laughs> stories. But what about the hard luck story of Aegon? My God, uh, I tipped them out on Friday. I was so bullish, mate. I got them at fourteen to one. I was like, yeah. I had planned, I was thinking, I was already starting to think of how I was going to spend my money. <laughs> you know, I got a little bit in front of myself. I was like, that horse, he went absolutely massive. I know he finished fourth, but he ran the last, the fastest last 600, 400 and 200 of the sectionals of that race. Jai McNeil, oh, look, he's he's a good jockey, but honestly, he gave no hope from where he was. He was, mm. He, mm. he had a wall of horses at the top of the straight. He had Colette come around him as well, put him in the pocket, and he just 
and it gave no chance. In the end, he at the top of the straight, he was looking like a hundred to one shot, and he's just boomed home and shown to everyone that at weight for age, he is a horse which is going to be reckoned with, especially up around that mile sort of distance. But it was sickening, absolutely sickening, if you <laughs> if you're loaded up on Aegon. So follow him in next start. It was disappointing. But, you know, it is, that is the life of punting. Probabil was outstanding. Uh, I know that you certainly got a little bit of Probabil as well. Is I thought it was a huge run yep. first up over a distance short of her best as well. And she's a superstar, and she did, just did enough to win. Mate, what a, what a superstar, 100%. Mate, uh, look, I like punting. It was a good day. I actually really enjoyed it, just sitting down, just getting my phone out, having the app, app, app going, and just having a wee tip on... You know, there was Doomden, there was Cairns, uh, there was Moffat, Moffatville or something like that. Well, something like that, mate. It was, it was Adelaide, a good day. Yeah, Moffatville. Yeah. Moffatville in Adelaide. Yeah. So it was a good day. And, like, I was a roller coaster. I hit the ground running. I, I, I punted um, Bruckner. Bruckner, I think it was in race two or race three of, oh, yeah, yeah, of Caulfield. And I paid eleven eighty. So I had a wee bit on that one. And that one got my day off to a real good start. So I was hissing home. And then I was – then I backed this thing – uh, I was paying 18 bucks, 18 bucks, had a wee bit on it, and I was coming home, mate, coming home, and I was like, just in front, just in front, just in front, and then I got pipped by a nose, mate, and I got pipped by a nose, and I'm just like, <laughs> racing, mate, the things it does to your ticker, but I'm not surprised I got a sore guts at the moment, because I was absolutely <laughs> gutted when that thing got pipped at the nose, like, oh, it really broke my heart, and then, look, I was down and out, and then the beautiful darling, Probable, I thought, Probable, if, you, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it for me. So Prob Bill came home, got the win, and uh, and really enjoyed that. And then, mate, you won't believe it, that night, we, 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 we lit the fire and we thought we'd watch a movie. And I was like, sweet as, you know, the wife's going to pick a nice little chick flick or, you know, a little romantic something. She went and picked this movie called Dream Mate. And this movie is about horses. So this, this syndication group over in Wales, they bought this little horse called Dream Alliance and they trained it up and they syndicated it out to about 20-odd random people in this small town in Wales. And then just seeing the joy, the joy and, and the fun that they had with this little horse that followed around. It went and won the, the Welsh Grand National. It was um, an unbelievable watch. And so I was just thinking to myself, is my wife doing this on purpose? Is she trying to make me really bring it home that I'm going to buy a horse? Because if she is, she's, <laughs> she's doing a great job of it, Baz. So that I can just see why you own a horse and then you get that owner's badge. How really special yeah. it is, mate, because... It looks it looks so good. That's right, and they're not all going to be probable, but crikey, you know, it's still the journey that it takes you on, which is the that's the bit. And I've said it a million times. I'll say it again: is there is really no thrill like it. You know what I mean? Like it's mm. it's such a hard um, thrill to find anywhere else in any other sport or any other walk of life uh, walk of life other than racing. But I am a victim. I'm a tragic so. You know, it's easy for me to say that. But big congratulations as well. You talk about owners. Big congratulations to the owners of Probabil, which is Brendan and Joe Lindsay out there at Cambridge Stud. Of course, it's Waikato Stud bred horse. So you've got some powerhouses of the New Zealand racing industry and the connections in there and trained by the Tiakau team and Jamie Richards. So quite a remarkable job. She looks like she's in for a big spring. Aegon's in for a big spring. I'll tell you who's not in for a big spring. And that's Jamie Carr, Mark Zara, Ben Mellum, Ethan Brown, and Celine, Celine Gaudry, because they are in a power of trouble after a little. Well, uh, uh, what, I mean, what do you call it? Could you call it a 
I don't know if romp's the right word, but <laughs> 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 they've had they've they've got themselves in a bit of a sticky situation there in, in an Airbnb <laughs> in Mornington, which yes. they've broken all sorts of COVID rules. Now the reason right, let me go into this a little bit more, is okay. So these six these bears, jockeys, I'm listening. five jockeys. So these five jockeys, right? Keeping in mind the racing industry in Australia is worth nine point five billion dollars. There's 74,000 full-time equivalent jobs, okay? It goes on mm-hmm. after a whole lot of lobbying, which we've discussed on this show, a whole lot of lobbying from various people, including the Deputy Prime Minister, the Foreign Affairs Minister, the Chairman of Racing Australia, the CEO of Racing New South Wales, the Government Relationships Man at Tab Court. All of these people have come together, lobbied to keep racing going in the country through COVID times, right? It is big business to a lot of people. And these five jockeys could not help themselves, and they have broken curfew in Mornington there. They have all been whacked with a $5,452 fine for breaching health orders. Well, that's not even touching the sides of what it's going to cost them long term, especially especially Jamie Carr and Ben Mellum, who are both both their horses ran one-two that they were meant to be on in the Mempsey on Saturday. So it's an early blow to their pockets, but they're going to lose a fortune over the next three months as they are suspended. Now, it was an estranged partner of one of the jockeys who rang the cops to bust the hoop to dob them in. But you know what? They deserve to be dobbed in because they've put that whole racing industry at mm. risk of being of being stopped because of their one night where they could not help themselves. So, look, Jamie Carr has been the pin-up girl of racing in, in Australia for the last uh, year or two years, whatever. Mark Zara is a gun jockey. Ben Mellum, et cetera, like stupidity, greed, and just selfishness. So they deserve to have the book thrown at them, and it certainly creates some big opportunities for some some other jockeys throughout the spring and maybe even some New Zealand jockeys to jump on a plane and go and attack mm. maybe some of the Australian prize money through a spring carnival because there is going to be a, a bit of a vacancy there. So there's my little, my little rant for the weekend, my friend. Stupidity from those jockeys, mate. Oh mate, oh, yeah, I just got a little inside information or, you know, a little, little fill up from you this morning on it, mate. It's craziness, isn't it? It's craziness that these, that the government's actually, well, you know, the vice, uh, prime, the prime, ex, or the vice prime minister has gone into bat for these, these, these jockeys and gotten the industry up and racing and then they go out there and just, just make stupid decisions like that and, uh, look mate, it's, yeah. Crazy, crazy. I don't know the industry like like yourself, but just from the outside looking, an absolute stupidity. They put the racing in, uh, industry in Australia, which is giving so many people like myself a lot of enjoyment at risk, mm. which is crazy. So the the racing uh, board has made a great decision to find them or you know um, suspend them for three months because they can't run the risk of COVID ever getting inside uh, the racing industry. Otherwise, that'll be just absolutely disastrous. So good decision in the end, Bess. That's right, mate. 74,000 full-time equivalent jobs, and mm. these five thought that they were bigger than the game. So throw the book at them. They should also throw mm. the book, and we'll talk to Hume again later on, but at Latrell Mitchell, mate. That was disgusting in the weekend, wasn't it? That hit on Joey Marner. Oh, that was absolutely disgraceful, mate. Like, I just want, I want, to, I want to ask Hume again later on today, what does this do to his reputation within the in his playing field. He's had a lot of his uh, issues on and off the field. Um, he's dealt with, you know, a lot of racism within Hooney. He's been a big face of the Indigenous people. So what does this kind of shot and what does this 
type of arrogance do for his reputation going forward? Um, for myself, I don't know the kid. I watch him from the outside looking in. Absolute uh, freakish athlete. But just that, like like he said it was a mistake. There's no way there was a mistake, mate. We watch him, he no. flew in, didn't even drop, just straight shoulder, no arms for his head, mate. Absolutely disgusting. And I know what it's like when you want to play your mates, you know, your mates that are on the opposition team, you want to get one on them. But do it respectively and do it <laughs> legally, you know. Like that is yeah. absolutely disgusting. And, and seeing Joey Manu's face post that, oh, mate, I hope he's... I hope he's all right. I know he's got a big journey ahead of him, but yeah, just what this does for Latrell, I'm keen to chat to Harry, um, Hugh about that. Yeah. Well, that that may have been disgusting, but one the one thing that's not disgusting, we want to talk about it very soon, is Ronaldo to Manu. I know that one got you up and about, but for now it's 6.17 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Always here for you. Twenty-two minutes past six a.m. on Monday morning, the thirtieth of August. Welcome into the show and give us a call any stage throughout the show, especially if you are a Manchester United fan. You got the win this morning, and you've got Ronaldo coming home. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. On behalf of Manchester United fans up and down New Zealand, Izzy, you must just be jumping out of your boots. Oh mate, what a what a! I, c- I can't believe I woke up to that. Actually, you sent it to us on, on our little WhatsApp group. You sent the pitch, and I woke up on Saturday morning. I was like, "What's this? What's this?" And I thought it was a hoax, you know, because there's always been a lot of chat about him going to Manchester City. And last week, I I spoke about how that would be absolutely disgusting. And he's come to his senses. <laughs> he came to his senses, and he and he's seen reality that that just could not happen. And I can't wait to chat to Harry Simeo when he comes on and say, look, what would that have done if he had a sign for Manchester City? And I know there was a lot of people that uh, persuaded him, um, Sir Alex Ferguson, Rio Ferdinand, key figures in this signing, and the, uh, they had a lot to do with getting him on board, mate. But this is unbelievable. Here's the only re- I'll, be, I'll admit it right now. Here's the only reason I support Manchester United. Like, when he moved there, I remember being back in Hawke's Bay 2007, 2008, playing FIFA on on PlayStation, I'd play Man U all the time just because Ronaldo was there. And um, it's so good to see him going home. And and just, and I want to ask, is this is, you know, because there was so much hype about Messi when he went to PSG on that monstrous deal and even watching Messi when he arrived in Paris when he had pretty much the whole entire French army, uh, you know, parading him around Paris. So he got, got there safely. I want to see if this deal... And with Cristiano going back to Man, you want to see if there's if this is um, similar hype to what's gone on in um, over in Paris. So, mate, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And our good man Ricardo Bohr on Knights um, on the Knights team. He's uh, he's a huge Manchester United fan. He actually sent me a photo of um, Kai Rooney and Ronaldo Junior. T- those two are going to actually play for the Manchester uh, Under Eleven side, Manchester United Under Eleven side. So, mate. If there anything like if it's like horses, mate, and you got pride breeding bloodstock, you reckon they'll go all right, bears? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that when you were talking about it, and and I was thinking of say the Adams family as well. You got Valerie Adams, you got Lisa Adams, who oh. we're going to talk about later on for her performance overnight, well over the weekend in the Paralympics where she was able to win gold. Then you've obviously got Stephen Adams, and you think, well. You know, yeah, the bloodlines, as in the horse game, good horses come from good breeding, great horses come from anywhere. Well, athletes in New Zealand come from good breeding. The great ones can come from anywhere as well. But Ronaldo, 
Oh, wee, I didn't see that one coming, mate. I really, I did not. And I know the share price of uh, Man United went through the roof as well straight after that signing. And we talked last week a little bit about around buying it. Would you buy, oh, the fact that I'd buy a Messi jumper, a PSG jumper. Well, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan, but I'm a football fan as well. And I'm happy to buy my son a, or buy myself a, a Ronaldo Man U jumper again because... It's pretty cool seeing him back. And Louis sent through something as well on the group message yesterday. And is it, how, do you, how do you say, George, George Mendes is the, told the Glazers that the NFL franchise has just won a Super Bowl after hiring a 43-year-old quarterback. Here's their opportunity to sign the Tom Brady of football. If they want United to win again, bring Cristiano Ronaldo back to Old Trafford. Come on. Money where the mouth is, and then boom, straight there he goes. And what an absolute coup! And no one saw it coming. That's what I want to ask Gary <sighs> Simeo. All the experts, no one saw it coming. And also, I want to know how do every how do they afford all these players? Honestly, <laughs> so much money. How do the how do they all balance their books? Crikey, it must have been like trying to balance the Crusaders' ledger for all those years as well when Dag was in there with McCaw and Carter and the likes. Oh, hey? Don't you hey? start, mate. You'll get a lot freezer of people full of meat, up hey? if you start bringing this up. If you start bringing this up, you'll a few get a lot of... petrol vouchers, freezer about, full of meat for Daggy. It's all about the love, <laughs> and it's all about the live read spares. You know this. <laughs> Yeah, chemist oh. warehouse, great savings every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, lot. a little bit of brand alignment. I like it. I like it. So yeah. We're coming up to six. But you're right, not you're right, Ben. You you're, you're, you're totally right. Like They've just signed uh, Rafael Varane's. He's on a $780,000 a week deal. So they just signed him. Uh, they released Alex Sanchez, and his deal was worth... Uh, Five hundred sixty thousand, one point one a week, you know. So they, like, that is ridiculous money. The wage bill every week, and that's us. We want to ask Harry Simeo, like, do they actually have a salary cap, or do they have anything in place? So these big com- uh, these big teams like PSG, you know, they've got Neymar and Barbie, they've got um, Lionel Messi now. Like, how how do these other teams compete? You know, with with these top. Well, they also markets? it's the debt levels they carry as well. I think Man U somewhere mm. in. Something like eight hundred million quid in debt levels. So I don't know what their value is, or but it'll be. I'm, over I'm intrigued billion. to see how. They're over four billion. Wow. Yeah, oh, the T's were uh, valued at over four billion, which is crazy. Oh, so I suppose eight hundred million in debt's really not a lot, then, is it? Yeah. <laughs> consider their overall value as well, but yeah, that's a good. Uh, and we might not be able to get it all in one chat with Harry Simeo, but it's something we can definitely pose to him and try and try and just understand a little bit more around the, uh, the affordability of some of these clubs. And we've already seen the, the trouble that some of them can get in ev- as well, even though they can deliver titles mm. year after year. Uh, we should quickly touch on as well, mate, Artie Savia, All Blacks captain. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. We, we spoke about that last week and I picked it. We picked it as, as, a, as a team. We picked it and we picked actually the vice captains. We always they said that, Brody and Baz being VCs. But, mate, no surprises. And, and watching on social media what it really meant to him and his family, I saw the, the emotion that, that comes with it. And it's not just about being captain, but what this does for, for a specific island people, you know, giving them hope. And, and giving them a bit of um, something to cheer about for, for him. I think that's more about what this means to, to Artie, that actually, you know, the 
him, there's like, you know, I think of him and I think of a guy like Tana Umanga who was our captain, a great captain for our All Blacks team and what his captaincy did for the Pacific Island people and the younger generation, giving them a little bit of belief, a little bit of hope. Um, and, and Adi will be an absolute unbelievable captain for this team. And like I, I said he, last week, he, his connections to be able to connect with, with uh, you know, a lot of the Pacific Island people in, in the team and then obviously relating to the to the um, European uh, boys in the side as well. He, he's got a good feel across the whole squad and I know he's got a huge amount of respect in that environment. The boys look up to him and when you've got a player like Artie who just plays with his you know, heart on his sleeve, he's so aggressive, he's so good at what he does. Um, what an unbelievable. So looking forward to seeing how he goes this weekend. Here, here, and we'll talk a little bit a little bit more about that later on as well and go a little bit more in depth with Izzy Dag around that leadership structure, I reckon. But shortly, seeing it's 6.30 in the morning, we're going to get off to Louis Herman. What for a little bit of a love racing update, I'm sure Aegon will get a mention as will Proper Bill. But for now, we are going to head off to the news with Kubota and Trudy. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 7 on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A lovely Monday morning. Coming up before the end of this hour, we'll announce our caller of the week from last week who will win a lovely Kubota goodie. Oh, it's, it's a good prize as well, this one. So hang around for details on that before the end of the hour. Remember, you can call in any time on 0800 150 811, the Kennard's higher phone line. But it is time for loveracing.nz, a bit of an update on all things thoroughbred. And what a weekend it was, boys. But before I get to that, I just want to give a bit of an update about where we sit. So Friday afternoon, we heard the news that we wouldn't be racing. We are still at level four, so we weren't racing over the weekend. But the country is coming out other than Auckland and Northland. And by the way, I feel sorry for Northland here, getting lumped in here. And actually, I see Great Barrier Island as well. They'll probably have to stay in, in level four, which is a bit of a strange one. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to be racing at Cash Burden, Ash Burden, and Matter Matter. Then Thursday, we've got the Cambridge Synthetic and Work. Friday, we've got Hawara. Saturday, the Whanganui Guineas at Whanganui. And the Foxbridge plate gets run. So we won't lose any of our features because what happened is there was a two-week gap between the first and the second days of the Hawke's Bay Carnival. So between the Tarzino Trophy, the group one there, and the Windsor Park plate, there was a three-week gap. So what they've done is I've pushed that, they've cut one week out of that, so it's a two-week gap. It means that the Tarapa meet, the Foxbridge, can kick it all off this weekend, and we go two weeks into the Tarzino, two weeks into the Windsor Park Plate, two weeks into the Livermore. So we will get Group 1, all of our group racing in, and Wanganui gets to hold their guineas as well. So that is good news. Over the week, and I'll tell you what else was good news, and that was everybody's pockets when this happened. Mobile is five off the lead, tracked by Instant Celebrity, then Red Chips back behind them, Diamonds in the Sky went for home at the 200 metres, a length and a half, Paul's Regret Chassis now Probabile letting down, Plackett's trying to wedge through between horses, then Instant Celebrity, Probabile up to Chassis at the 100, Probabile and Chassis Probabile just in front of Chassis and the star returns 
Oh, yes, Matty Hill, the star does return. Wide draw, top weight against the racing pattern of the day. Baz, Probabil is the horse that you everybody dreams to own, isn't she? Oh, absolutely, Louie. And what was she? I think she was about a $350,000 yearling. So they obviously paid a fair bit for her. But, I mean, she's now taken her winnings to over $3 million. And she is far from done yet as well. Look, I, it's actually quite remarkable what she did on Saturday. I thought at a distance well short of her best. Drawn the outside, carrying 60 kilos, fresh up against the Group 3 field. It's just remarkable. She's had two quiet trials to get herself to that race. Um, it's, it's a heck of a training effort to be able to take a horse from New Zealand to Australia. I know that Jamie has his, his dad over in, in Australia as well, and they've got a bit of a team there. But it's just a remarkable effort and just shows how tough she is. And I don't know where she's going next, Probabil. I don't think it's going to matter. She's going to be awfully hard to beat, you would think, whatever whatever race they decide to put her in. And they've got some, some lofty goals for her this campaign, but just an absolute wonder mare and... And one we, we can all be proud of, and I think, you know, the owners of Probabel, obviously, um, Joe and and, um, and Brennan Lindsay, Cambridge stud, but also Waikato stud as well, who are good friends of ours too, um, as, as both of them are. Savabil out of a Group 3 place pins me far-fetched. It's just regal breeding and, and another great example of, uh, of how good New Zealand, are, New Zealand horses are and, and the breeding of our horses can compete against the very best in Australia. So fantastic. And I know Izzy loved it because he got a fill up on it as well. So bloody mate. What what I thought horse. the track was... actually played quite nicely on Saturday. Yeah, I was watching that race, Baz, and I could just like there was obviously that horse on the inside that was that was pushing probably to right to the limits. But just seeing the determination and guts in her in her eyes, like she she was so gutsy to win that race, and she was not going to let that other horse get in front of her. Like that's what I saw: the determination, the will to win. You know, like we think these they're just animals, mate. These animals are smart; they're they're, they're clever, and, and just seeing her guts and determination to get in front and win, it was unbelievable to watch. And she got me back in the game, mate. I was so so pumped. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this might be left field here, but did you see that horse, the Mass Crusader? Oh, boom. It was like Chautauqua. Oh, my gosh, oh, mate. Running last, it? and I was like pumped because I was on the other one in front. And then just seeing that thing steam home in the end, I was like, wow, what a horse. Yeah, it reminded me of the turn of foot you used to possess out on the footy field, actually. <laughs> Izzy Dag. Uh, just a little, oh, yeah. little bit of a goose stepping away. You went, saw the gap, and boom. Just could not stop you when oh. it needed to be. So, I love how you said will to win there as well Because in the racing game, mate, we talk about That you're looking for horses with a turn of foot And a will to win And you can't see either when you're trying to select them You can look at all, everything about them But you can't see the turn of foot You can't see the will to win And they're two things which can separate them from being um, From just being a racehorse to being a great racehorse And the other thing you can't see is the size of your heart from the outside of a horse. So Probabil's got as big a heart as any horse going around. Didn't didn't need to win that race on Saturday, but just was ne- not going to get beat. And that's just how yeah. tough she is. So we, we're proud of her, proud of Minnie as well. And we're also proud of what's coming up next. My golly, golly, gosh, are you going to be tough today? Or are you going to be a little gent- gentle on our, on our callers? Because Quizzy Dag is coming up on 
as what this want? breakfast want? to take on the Is Master. You can win a $50 bonus bet with TAB. Call now on 0800 150811. Is he going to be gentle or are you going to be firm? Uh, firm, mate. Come see me. 0800 150811. Give me a call. See what you got, mate. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SNZ. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800. 150-811 Good morning, good morning It's time for the Quizzy Dag You know it's that time I've got five questions, $50 TAB voucher for you And if you're like me and you're broke, you might need it Okay, here we go <laughs> Alright, alright, who we got? Kevin Good morning, Kevin How are you, mate? Good morning oh, I'm very good, yeah. thanks yeah, thanks for tuning in, brother. Gonna start yep. it nice and easy for you, right? This one's real easy. Which NBA franchise does Kiwi Stephen Adams play for? Oh, God, I don't, Five, no, I don't know. Four, three, two, one. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Kev. Have a lovely Monday, brother. Enjoy the rest of your week. Richie. G'day. G'day, mate. Which NBA franchise does Kiwi Stephen Adams play for? Ooh, we'll go to the Bucks. Ah, sorry, brother. Yes. Have a good day, mate. Joe. Morning, Jim. Morning, morning, mate. Thanks for tuning in. Which NBA franchise does Kiwi Stephen Adams play for? Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, nice, mate. Well done. Here we go. He's coming home. How old was Cristiano Ronaldo when he originally joined Manchester United? Um, Five. Four. What did you say? 18? Yep. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Close. Close, but not close enough. Hey, is... Pretty tough, eh, Baz? Is you, we must... What's up? Whoa. What's up, mate? Well, I'm sure we get the same run sheet, but... My questions are different to your questions on this. So you just gone a little bit. Nah, you gone a little bit rogue. No, 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 no. I just added a nice wee Tuffy in there. Just added a wee uh, Daryl Tuffy in there, mate. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, we're, we're, you know, I'm just adding a nice little tough one to start. So, Jordan, okay. Jordan, morning. Morning. He's coming home. How old was Cristiano Ronaldo when he originally joined Manchester United? 17. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Who broke the Paralympic record for shot put a grand total of four times on Saturday? Uh, Lisa Adams. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, question number four, mate. The Silver four, the Silver Ferns have a three-game test series against who next month? Uh, Australia. Four. No. Sorry, mate. Sorry, buddy. Have a good one, Jordan. Thanks for calling, mate. Simon. There you go. Yeah, good, brother. Good, brother. Silver Ferns will have a three-game test series against who next month? Uh, 
How you going? Alright. Yeah, good, good. Um, How are you? England. Good, mate. Yeah, England, mate. England, mate. Well done, well done. To bring it home. To bring it home. You ready? Question number five. Yeah. Who, what, I mean, what was the name of Lance Ken's magical cricket bat? Five. Excalibur. Yes. Well done, brother. Congratulations, mate. Spend it wisely, eh? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do. Try and find something. On the nose, never the tail, bud. Cheers. We'll give you we'll give you something at some stage this week. And you just want to be listening. We'll give you something and you can just multiply that fifty dollar bonus bet. Jeez, I thought Jordan was gonna clean that one up again. I was thinking he doesn't even need to work, old Jordan. He just rings in every day, <laughs> cleans up, takes his little fifty buck voucher and runs down the road. But no, there's something on a couple I just of had them. to cha- I just had to change the question, you know, the Stephen Adams. Like that's he's only he's been he's been traded a few times, so that would have just stumped a couple of Couple of guys. So Kieran in the back, mate. Cheers for the wee tickler question there. It was a uh, it was a good little start. Just start a little bit harder, Baz. You know what the people want. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a good quiz. A little bit. It was. It asked a few questions. Not too hard. You know. Got your old memories running of Lance Kens with the Excalibur <laughs> bat. Good quiz. Well done, Izzy. Uh, what are we? We're coming up to 10 minutes to 7 in the morning here on a Monday. Gee, there's so much to get through on a Monday in there when you have sport all over the weekend. We haven't even chatted about one of the other great things that we've uh, got up to, and that's, well, now you're allowed to fish. You're allowed to fish in New Zealand after our comments the other day where we said you should be allowed to fish. You should be allowed to go and catch white bait. Well, I got some white bait caught for me, and I got it dropped off uh. in my letterbox. And I'm going to speak. We're going to speak to the best person we know how to cook white bait. Who's that? Is who's the best person we know who to cook beaver. white bait? The beaver. The beaver. <laughs> Can't wait to speak to the beaver. It's ten to seven in the morning. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. What baiters do we think we have listening at six minutes away from seven o'clock? Double eight, double three. Flick us a text. Have you already been out for a white bait? Are you planning to go white baiting? When you text, you could be our texter of the month or our texter of the week, but our text of the month competition is coming to an end. You want to sleep in a $10,000 Temper Queen bed? The answer is yes, of course you do. So flick us a text. Double eight, double three. And since we're in the spirit of giving, and Baz made the great point last week, gee, we are good at SCNZ. Thanks to our brilliant partners, we we managed to hook you up with so much. So thanks to Kubota, we have one W821S 21-inch self-propelled walk-behind mower. Retails at $2,136 plus GST for last week's Cooler of the Week. And I can say, and I am happy to say, congratulations, Steve. You are our Cooler of the Week. Boys, let's let's relive a bit of Steve's gold, and then you can pick it up on the other side. This guy sticks with it. He tries his bloody hardest, guys, and I think mm. that is an awesome result. And I think he's a very elegant for racing. Three wide, four wide, toss it out to the finish line, and good on him. <laughs> oh, Steve, congratulations. How good's that? He is just a little little Kubota pick-me-up for the old boy, too. Good work, Steve. Yeah, that was a very, very good conversation. A good call from Steve. Um, obviously chatting about Paul Cole and his win over in, 
in the British Open and something that, yeah, we, we should really celebrate. So congratulations to Steve on winning the Kubota. I would actually wouldn't mind the Kubota walk behind Lara. I've got no mower at the moment, so, you know, like, wouldn't mind yeah. that. Be quite you got good, no mower? Nah. Nah, I need a bike. What I actually got a, I've got a ride on. Eh? Oh, so you got a ride on. No, 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 no. So so I've got a guy that does my lawns, but he because it's lockdown, um, he can't come to it. So the lawns are getting very, very long at the moment. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Bess? <laughs> Anyway, hey, I'm pleased you mentioned Paul Cole, actually. I'm pleased you mentioned because last week we during the Friday tipple. What we should have done is actually really raised a little glass to Paul Cole as well yep. because, um, you know, that achievement of his winning the British Open was, as we said at the time, it, it goes down as probably inside the top, well, it does, inside the top 25. Smitty thought it was in the top 10 of our mm. last 25 years sporting moments and and what a champion effort and so a little shout out again to Paul Cole a week on from his magnificent achievement and uh, I'm sure he's been able to get a bit of time to celebrate as well. We've, we've only got a couple of minutes before we've got to get off to the news but before we do what about a little uh, should we ask as well double eight double three your little how do you cook your white bait and do you call it a fritter mm. or do you call it a patty? Because in the South Island, low South Island, <laughs> we used to call it a paddy. But I think the further north you go, a little closer to the high end sort of places you get, they call it a fritter. So is it a paddy or is it a fritter? And how do you cook your white bait? What do you do with it? Let us know. Double eight, double three. We're going to get the beef come on later. I'm sure we're going to get the best recipe out there. But for now, you tell us what you think as well. How would you cook yours, Is What would you do with your white I'd bait? call it a patty. I'd call it a patty, and I'd just go straight egg, white bait in there, just like a little bit of a omelette kind of a setup. Just a nice little flat flat piece of a little small pan, and then I'd chuck the white bait in there, just cook it like a, like a little omelette, and then I'd pull it out, and I'd chuck it on a piece of, two pieces of river mill yellow bread. You know the fat white pieces of bread? I'd chuck about a half an ounce of butter in there for the, Get the cholesterol going, and then, um, and then also, I want to throw this out there is this disgusting or is this good? I chuck a little bit of tea sauce in there. Don't come at me if it, I don't want any heat this morning. <laughs> is tea sauce all right on a white bait patty? Because I think it is. And uh, look, to be honest, I chuck, I chuck tea sauce on a, on a roast lamb, which is probably the cardinal sin of all sinning. So, uh, just let me know if you've got any little things with, with tomato sauce because I chuck tomato sauce on everything, best. Started that so well, talking about your white bait, and then you've just ruined it by saying you're going to put some <laughs> tomato sauce on some lamb. Trudy, she's not happy as well. She's giving her the big cross in the background. We're coming up 7 in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Well, normally we'd have a little McCafe, but not yet. Hopefully again soon. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Kia and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ and it's just after 7am on Monday the 30th of August. We've got plenty coming up later on. We're going to speak to Suzanne McFadden about the Paralympics, get a bit of a wrap up and also celebrate Lisa Adams and a few others medals as well. We've got Hugh McGowan, 
Hugh McGahn talking about the Warriors, the NRL, and also Latrell Mitchell's shot on Joey Manu. We've got Phil Tatarangi talking about what his wedge got up to in the weekend here in Matamata. But now, well, he's on the line very soon, and it's going to be a great chat, and I'm going to have to try and find a way to get a word in because I know Iz is super, super excited about talking to this man, which is Harry Simeo out of the UK. He's going to speak to him about the Premier League and more so about the fact that Ronaldo has come home for your great team, Man United. Is he? Hey, can't wipe the smile off your face. It's almost like oh, you've so already pumped. won the title. Oh, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. Brian's coming at me. Sorry, Brian's coming at me. How come I don't own my own lawns? I do, mate. I do. I own my own lawns. Don't worry about that. Um, mate, I'm so pumped. So pumped to chat to Harry Simeo. He needs a no real introduction. I don't want to waste minutes intro- introducing him, so we're just going to get him straight in line. Harry, Hazza. Hazza. How's it going, guys? How's it going, guys? <laughs> oh, mate. Viva Ronaldo. Viva Ronaldo. Talk to me, brother. <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. I'm so pumped. Yeah, it's big, big news. I, I don't think anybody uh, saw him coming back to the Premier League. I don't think many people saw him leaving Juventus because when you look at the clubs that were able to do a deal of that size, there was very few in the world that you know had the cash available. People looked at Paris Saint-Germain, but of course they signed Lionel Messi. So for Manchester United to come and, and steal a march on Manchester City right at the end is incredible. <laughs> City denied that they, uh, they actually made an approach and that they decided they didn't want him, but I think Ronaldo, given the choice, would, would go back home Mate, I'm so pumped. This is great news. I was a big fan when he signed all those years ago. Here's the reason I started supporting Manchester United. It's been a tough few years, but where does this signing, now obviously he's played for Manchester before, but where does this signing uh, signing rate for Manchester United compared to, to the Lionel Messi? Because I remember I was watching Paris, over in Paris, and Lionel Messi had pretty much the whole French army, uh, you know, parading him around the French city of Paris. Has there been a lot of hype around Ronaldo and is people getting excited and pumped for the signing? Yeah, I don't think there was much time, though, for people to kind of get excited about it before it came to the point where the deal was agreed. You know, the way this came about, it came about very quickly. Had Manchester United down as one of the clubs that were interested and all of a sudden they declared their interest and within a few hours we heard that the deal was agreed. So the box wasn't necessarily there in the build-up because it came out of the blue, but now obviously in the lead-up to him actually making his return and taking to the field for United uh, is incredible. Also as well, you know, the difference between Ronaldo to United and, and Messi to PSG is that there's, there's already that affection and relationship between Manchester United supporters and Cristiano Ronaldo that isn't Messi and PSG. So that's why this is such a big deal and it's, it's a bit of a fairy tale. He's, he's coming home. Yes. Yeah, when, when, we know Man, Un, Man United is a um, publicly listed company and their share price bounced up after um, signing Ronaldo. But uh, just how do, how do United actually financially make these things work? How, how do the clubs afford these players? It's, Manchester United are, are, are a huge football club. They're probably the biggest football club in the world. You know, people talk about Real Madrid as well. And, and yes, Real Madrid are huge. Barcelona are huge. But... Manchester United commercially are a money-making machine. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk in, in recent years about their owners, the Glazers, uh, American-based owners, not necessarily wanting to 
put their money in and, and sort of draining the club of its finances. But, you know, clubs like Manchester United, this is a short-term deal, remember. It's only a two-year deal. And the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo was available for a, a fee around 20 million, 25 million euros, means that it's almost the equivalent to Manchester United going out and signing a 50 million pound player when you take into account mm. the wages and the transfer fee. And we know that they can do that. So it shouldn't come as a massive surprise that they've been able to finance it. But, you know, you're right. Some of the sums we're talking about with transfers are astonishing and, and wages. But mm. commercially, you stand to gain so much from somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo in shirt sales, sponsorship deals. A lot of that kind of finances itself. Um. Mate, I want to ask you, yeah. Rio Ferdinand and Sir Alex Ferguson, key figures in the signings, we know, we know that, but how detrimental would it have been if he had signed for Manchester City? Well, there was obviously a lot of talk about that. Yeah, and, and it seemed like that's where he was headed at one point. But, you know, as you said, apparently Rio Ferdinand and, and Sir Alex Ferguson spoke to Ronaldo and kind of pushed him in that direction. I think as long as the option was there for Manchester United, that Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo would have taken it. I don't think he needed that much convincing, if I'm honest. So I think their role has probably been slightly overplayed. I think it was always a question of finance. Could they do it? Yes or no. And if they could, Ronaldo would be open to it. And, and so would they. But going to City would have felt like a bit of a kick in the teeth to the Manchester United fans. You know, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan and I've seen Arsenal legends end up at Premier League rivals and it hurts as a supporter it really does hurt so I think there'll be a lot of Man United fans that will be obviously buzzing that he's joined but half of the buzz will be from the fact that he's not gone to City because I think there would have been some concern about that for sure Harry I'm interested as well talking to Harry Simeo out of the UK talking all things English Premier League but also football around the world I'm I'm a little bit fascinated by club affordability all around the world yeah you see the debt levels that these clubs carry, and a lot of them are privately owned, and uh, there's there's just a sheer wealth. But is there a salary cap, or like how to, how are they able to continue to exist and and afford to be able to exist, or is it just a matter of the fact that these guys got so much money themselves they don't mind losing losing a, a billion dollars over a ten year period? How <laughs> how does it kind of work? Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. A lot of these clubs now are privately owned uh, by by really wealthy people. I mean. Manchester United are owned by the Glazers who, you know, they own uh, American football teams as well and other sports franchises in the States. You've got Manchester City are essentially a state-owned club. Um, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, state-owned club as well in the Middle East. You've got Arsenal owned by the Cronkies who are obviously massive. I think they're in the top 30 richest people in the world. So, you know, there is a lot of, of uh, sort of wealth within the ownership of these clubs. And they use the clubs to leverage kind of taking loans out and they, you know, they write off the debts against the clubs. And you often find that they restructure their debts in, in very smart and efficient ways so that they can raise further cash. I don't know where it all ends. I don't know how, how these people get out. I don't know if the end game is sus, um, given that they are constantly loading debt onto these football clubs. But, you know, as I say, they're smart business people and they're people with the kind of backing to keep doing these kind of deals. Remember as well, you know, football or, or soccer here in, in Europe is the biggest sport by a country mile. And the interest is so big. The TV rights money uh, is huge. And, and there's just constant income. There's people going to stadiums, buying merchandise. But, you know, the TV deals, you're, you're talking crazy money. And, and a lot of that is how these clubs continue to do what they're doing.
So you mentioned Arsenal there, and the their owners are one of the wealthiest people in the world. So they only spent are they only spending something like twenty million this year in the transfer window. Is that right? And is there a reason for that? Because they are rubbish. And I know you're an Arsenal man, and they are <laughs> hopeless at the moment. They are like mopping up the floor, and I'm not sure Five how good their TV rights going to deal down in the first division next year if they keep going like they're going, Harry. Yeah, no, so Arsenal have actually spent a lot of money this summer. They're, they're the highest spenders in the Premier League uh, up until now. Oh, right. They've done £125 million pounds on new players. They've obviously recuperated some from sales, and I think they'll recuperate more between now and the transfer window closing in a couple of days' time. But I think with Arsenal, the issue is is more around not recruiting in the right way, not spending the money wisely. I mean, you can give somebody all the money in the world, but if they spend it poorly, then you're going to end up in a bad situation. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Arsenal is suffering at the moment. You know, a lot of the fans here in London are, are sort of protesting against the ownership and want them to pass the club on to somebody else but actually for me it's not a question of the money the money is there the problem is that it's been spent badly and and the club is being mismanaged from the top you know and that that's the big problem for me rather than the money well, i can hear the the feelings in your voice harry i feel for you mate but let's talk about Tottenham because <laughs> bears is absolutely pumped Boom, Tottenham on Spurs. top of the table mate Are they got a real chance of of winning this this uh, EPL this year? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <Tottenham Hotspur>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why not? Tottenham are notorious because they're notorious for for bottling things. They're notorious for getting right to the end and messing it up. And and to be honest, no jokes aside, they they just don't have the strength and depth to do it. There's still a lot of areas in which they need to improve. We're only three games into the season. There's a long way to go. I think they'll be better this season. I think they've made a good appointment in Nuno Espirito Santo to take over the reins. But they, they need a lot more investment, you feel. And, and Tottenham, very much like Arsenal, you know, over the years, their investment has been poor. And they've brought a lot of players in for big money who haven't stepped up and haven't lived up to their billing. And, and you know, that's a lot of the reason why I don't fancy them as title contenders, uh, just like my club. Oh, thanks, mate. Absolute deflating on a Monday. Here I was, flying high, three three from three, thinking this is the year. No, no Harry Simeo comes on and says, nah, no chance. Anyway, before we let you let you go, mate, we're just a few weeks into the season. Um, your biggest takeaways so far for uh, for the season? My biggest takeaways is, is probably uh, that the Premier League is not going to change that much in terms of the teams that are going to be pushing for the title. I'm curious to see whether the acquisition of Cristiano Ronaldo pushes Manchester United onto that next level. But you still feel it's going to be one of Manchester City, Chelsea or Liverpool who are going to take the crown. I think that probably Manchester City and Chelsea, on what we've seen so far, are just slightly ahead of Liverpool because of their strength in depth. Um, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting title race, but I think the table is going to be, in terms of the very top, very similar to what we saw last year. It's going to be very difficult for those hunting for Champions League places to break into that top four for sure. Good man, thank you very much for your time again, Harry. Absolute legend. Great to catch up with you, mate. And your insights are fascinating. So thanks for joining Baz and Izzy on. For Cheers, Harry. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Awesome. What a champion, he is. Hey, what a champion. Absolute, Absolute champion. But how deflating, mate. You're right.
Oh, he doesn't know everything, mate. No one knows everything. <laughs> 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 I'll cut him some slack, you know. You got. Yeah. I mean, we probably asked him 10 questions there. Nine of them he's going to get right, and one of them he's going to cock up. <laughs> and he just happened to cock up the one that, that really matters, which is the Spurs are going to be standing there at the end of the year with the trophy aloft, and I'm going to be saying, thanks for your time, Harry. Absolutely Cheers, mate. First not. Division, Arsenal. <laughs> hey, the Gunners, the Gunners down in First Division. How good's that going to be? <laughs> Brilliant. They can get themselves a new uniform. 7.16 in the morning. Izzy's happy. Baz is happy. Harry's not. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's 22 minutes past seven on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Welcome to the week. It's still we're still in lockdown, but not for much longer. If you're around the country, white baiting and fishing has been allowed. What a great result! 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Are you a fisherman? Are you a white baiter? Are you loving it, Bears? You were loving your little letterbox delivery, weren't you? Oh, I was. How good was that as well? Freshly caught yesterday morning and then delivered. Obviously, COVID sort of treated the, the bag on the outside, delivered to my letterbox <laughs> where this afternoon, maybe around lunchtime, and it's the perks of being on breakfast, isn't it, Izzy, that you can have you, you just have a, have a little bit of a white bait lunch, maybe with a little Sauvignon Blanc or maybe even a little Pinot Grigio just to wash it down, but I need some, need some assistance and well, you said that you're going to put tomato sauce on your white bait well, we're going to have to call in the experts. And who's the expert when it comes to white bait in the SENZ team? Is It is the beef. Beef. The beef on the line. Good morning, beef. Oh, look, morning, guys. I'm glad you're looking forward to your lunchtime already. I'm proving my show at that time. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy your white bait. <laughs> Well, first of all, you don't prep the show. Kirsty does. Kirsty does everything for you anyway, so that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty, guilty. Oh, tell me, mate. Tell me, how do, what do I do with this white bait? How much have you got, mate? How much do they give you? Oh, oh, geez, I don't know. It'd be like maybe a good bag. I don't know, like that much? Or you can't see. You can't see what I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm... A bag full, mate. Well, let's, a bag full. So, right, let's. A uh, couple of handfuls. Basic couple of handfuls you don't you don't need to add anything to spread it out you just need it uh, absolute purity so just uh, get a few eggs and uh, mm. and separate separate the oaks oh, so we're just oh, gonna run uh, so we're just gonna run the uh, the whites of the eggs we're gonna uh, yeah. we'll fluff those up with, with a beater or uh, you'll have a machine for that I'd imagine bears and and then we'll uh, put a bit of uh, lemon rind in there. Oh, oh, okay. She's that's a lot flasher than your recipe is. I can see you writing it down as well. <laughs> and then, I uh, separate then it, What do you separate, uh, beef? What do you separate the eggs? Just taste, mate. Too strong yeah? a taste. You don't like the yolk? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just that's makes detail. it more of a pure just taste. Listening. And then, uh, you have, the next. and then what you Bacon just you just what in a little bit of butter in the pan? Uh, oil. I got oil in the pan, and make sure your pan is hot. Cook it hot. That's key, mm, also. Hot pan. 
And what is it like yeah, a and snake? You turn once, or you can actually sort of, you know, like you can. It'll just be once top. turn. It'll just be just be a once turn. You'll you'll see it starting to form and starting to on the outsides. It'll start to look like a pancake. It'll start to have that sort of look about it. Okay. All right. Mm. Beautiful, the beef. Mate, what's yeah, that? No, have, and when, when are you going to get out for a little white bait? Well, unfortunately, uh, Jacinda shifted the Auckland boundary on me. So uh, we are still stuck until uh, Auckland goes level four because uh, the, level, the level three won't apply to uh, this part of the Waikato, unfortunately. You're miles out of Auckland, aren't you? That's disappointing. Yeah, but uh, they shift. They to just make it easy. I guess the police they shift the uh, the border from uh, the Bombay's to uh, Hampton Downs, which incorporates uh. the Waikato River, unfortunately. But hey, hey, guy, mate, I can hear the kids in the background. Are you doing all right? Yeah, look, I tell you what, I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> Drive show gets you out of um, witching hour and bathing at dinner time, but uh, you are the main man come breakfast and wake up. <laughs> <laughs> what you time you up, babe? Uh, well, the young one, the, actually the oldest girl, was, she was up about three-ish this morning, and uh, now she's full of beans, wanting to do some artwork and eat her porridge at the same time. So it's, uh, she's all go. Beef, uh, beef, is this... Is this the cardinal sin beef? Tomato sauce on a bit of white beef? Nah, it's, 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 mate, as long as you've got fresh white bread, you can. I don't mind you having a bit of that in there, is it? That's fine. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go, Trudy. A few, a few, a few people chucking a bit of, bit of Worcester sauce, too. Oh, yeah, a bit of Worcester sauce as well. Yeah. Mate, while we got you on the line, we may as well ask you, we may as well really just take, you know, just take all your time off your hands. Um, Artie Savier, new captain of the ABs, you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. It was going to be, he was certainly going to be one of the options. I thought it was going to be either him or uh, Big Guzzler. Um, but yeah, no, he'll be, he'll do a great job, and uh, it's going to be an interesting week, isn't it? Without uh, four or five of the uh, the absolute experienced big names. Yeah, mate, huge week this week, Sunday, uh, on Sunday, the Test match in Perth. Any surprises in the selections this week, or you forget? He's pretty much picked itself, Beef. You wouldn't, you'd think with that amount of experience at home, you'd think they'd have to go with mm. the next the next sort of experience best, wouldn't you? You couldn't imagine too many surprises. Um, just interested to see if they'd go straight back to the Harvilly, uh Leonard Brown midfield, won't it? Mate, what about the fullback row? Um, I know, I know D-Max covering 10 as well. Would he start at fullback to cover 10 and you bring Geordie on the bench? Or how, how do you see that that kind of mixture, those combinations rolling out? Oh, I, st- I, I still think Damien's got to be in your top 15 and, and I think he's, he, he's done nothing to suggest he's not there at the moment. Obviously, Geordie's, Geordie's Geordie and it's an incredible luxury that we have, but I would still have yep. him there. But you're right, because he's, because he's covering 10, but I mean, Bodie's, Bodie's going to go 80 unless he gets injured, isn't he? So... Mm. Um, you know, you can't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think you would plan a bench around that. You'd still pick your top fifteen, but it could be a case of Geordie deserves to start too. You know, so it's interesting how they do that. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we've only got a minute and a half on the news, but just how are you enjoying the radio? 
Good fun. <laughs> loving, the, loving the radio. It's, it's actually, uh, I get excited every time I, I go in. I don't know if it's just because I'm missing witching hour or not, but um, no, I, I enjoy every <laughs> afternoon and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome, isn't it, mate? It's, um, we've got a great response so far from all our friends as far as interviews go. It won't be long until they start ignoring us, but uh, no, it's been great fun. <laughs> Beef, I was listening on Friday, mate. Unbelievable chat. But I, I heard your multi. Did you get it? Did you get the multi in the end? Uh, unfortunately, our listener who subbed in one, he, we yeah. were gone at about 6 o'clock Saturday night. Oh. Because I was what watching the golf, finished? mate, because Rory's in the Rory's top five. Right I was watching the golf. Oh, no. Yeah, he's top five. He's, he's four. So that was one of your picks, too. Yeah, and with the rabbit. The rabbit's 13 plus, which was in, so oh, yeah. heartbreak. But uh, oh, hey, right, no, you sound it's... you sound busy as mate, so we're gonna let you we're gonna <laughs> let you go. Look forward to hearing you later on. It's good to catch up with you. I appreciate you giving out all of your secret recipes as well for your your white bait omelets. Bloody good, good to talk to you, beef. Shop beef. No problem. No problem, boys. Enjoy your enjoy your lunch. Thanks, brother. Yeah. See you, mate. There we go, Stephen Donald the beef. What a legend, and he is doing fabulous work as well with Kirst on the, the Drive Show on SENZ. Uh, good fun to listen to, so make sure you tune in. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8am here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hope your week is starting well wherever you are around the country. And you'll be counting down the days if you are outside the Auckland and Northland area to get down to Level 3. There's a heated text about golf here. I think you can play under Level 3, or Izzy was planning on to, planning to anyway, so we can get into that in a bit. But it is time for our Choices Flooring Weekend Poll. I want you to have your choice because it was a busy weekend. Choices Flooring Ultimate Bedroom Style Guide is out now. And I've got a classic Monday poll for you. Performance of the weekend. So this is going on our Baz and Izzy for breakfast Twitter page where you can text double eight double three with your nomination. Best performance of the weekend. There were some rippers to choose from. I've got your probable fresh up, wide draw. Had to do it the tough way. Too good in the end. The star returns, as Matt Hill said. The Eels. Parramatta gave the Storm a low-key, a little bit of a hiding, actually. And that was the Storm on their way to a record 20th win in a row on the trot. No team has ever done it, I believe. So they stopped them cold on number 19. The Adams family. Well, Lisa won gold, but you'll notice who was in the stands. Coach Val. The sacrifices these women have kind of gone through to leave their families behind and be in Japan for this extended period of time, that's huge. So the Adams family. And then Bear's last nomination, the English cricketers, because they took about eight wickets in about just over an hour or just under an hour. I can't remember the exact time frame. But once the Indian batsmen got the wobbles on Saturday night, that was compelling viewing. I was just at the end of my... Um, my run after a long day on the punt and I was just sitting there watching that and couldn't, kind of couldn't believe what I was seeing. So they have stormed back. So there's your options. Probabil, the Parramatta Eels, the Adams family or England. That's your choices flooring poll. I want you to have your choice. What do you reckon, Baz? Um, well, I think England, first of all, they were dead and buried in that series after getting pumped in the last test match, but they flipped it on its head and, jeez, uh, they've served it up to the Indian boys after bowling them out for... 78 in the first innings, winning by an innings and 40-odd runs. And Joe Root continues to lead from the front there. 
uh, for England. I think still tactically he's still got a few challenges at the helm of the England side. I think he could at times be a little more, could push the game a fraction more. But, gee, you cannot argue with his performance with the bat. Um, he is, well, he's, he's going to go down as as the, the statistically the best ever um, England captain and best ever um, English batsman because uh, he's still got a long way to go in his career. But that's a fascinating series. Tied one all, of course. There's two test matches still to go in that series, which we cover on SENZ, live ball-by-ball commentary. So listen to that on the app. Um, oh, look, I find it hard to go past Probabil personally, but I'm not taking anything away from Lisa Adams. And we're going to speak very soon as well to Suzanne McFadden. She's going to maybe just put in context a little bit about the success of Lisa Adams over there at the Paralympics and our other athletes too, because we are, we've had a bit of success over the weekend. I think we've got four medals already. Um, just in regards to the storm, I think, and I'm interested to know what you think is, but I think this is a fascinating couple of weeks as a punter on the NRL, mm. because I think a lot of the top teams have got an eye to the, to the last eight already. And I think they'll be yep. wanting to make sure that they don't lose some of their best players heading into that time. Yes, they'll still want their combinations to continue, but they want to be a little bit careful. So I think they might start resting a few players. And also mm. some of those teams who are now out of the competition, they'll play with a bit more freedom. So it's not a bad time to be able to maybe make a quid on the outsiders on the punt. What do you think about that is? Yeah, mate, it's, it's fascinating you say that, actually, because a lot of teams, I've been on teams and I've seen teams, you know, they, they, they look to the future. They've already, already guaranteed a playoff position. They're already guaranteed number one spot, so they, they rest a lot of their star players. And, it, and sometimes it can actually backfire, you know? Like, you can see, mm. see the team lose a little bit of momentum, uh, lose a little bit of confidence when they lose to these, uh, you know, probably lesser performing sides within the competition. So, look, it'll be interesting to see, and... Last night, oh, the other night when the Eels beat the uh, the Storm, they played absolutely amazing. And I don't think the Storm rested any of their star players. I think they just got beaten to the punch on that night. But, mate, it's, like you said, it's going to be a fascinating couple of weeks. Uh, we know that NRL is a gruelling competition, so rest is, is hugely important. But what does this do to a team's cohesion? Does it do to a team's momentum if they do resting? So these coaches have got some huge, huge decisions to make over the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to... To see, like, um, yeah, I remember sides just before a final, they'll, they'll the team like teams get a bye week, you know, teams get a, a week off, a rest, mm. which sounds all gravy, but actually it can backfire, eh? And the teams that are uh, coming from yeah, you no know, fourth or or fifth position just gaining momentum, gaining momentum, that extra week to build cohesion and team um, confidence is huge within the environment, within within the competition. Well, you- well, in the, in the racing game, you talk about being training horses to the minute, and you do the same, I'm sure, in the NRL as what you would in, in rugby and cricket and all all sports as well. So you definitely is a delicate balance to get that cohesion that you're talking about is, mm. is spot on, and there's going to be some challenges for even the, the top teams in the next few weeks heading into the final eight of the NRL. So I reckon it's not a bad time to go a little bit wider on the punt when, when it comes to the NRL. Um, but that's just me. I don't mind a long odd as well. Just quietly, I like to try and turn my money into something worthwhile to, you know, enjoy. It's 7.38 in the morning, coming up after the break, as we've got Susan, Suzanne McFadden. So she's going to cover the Paralympics and Lisa Adams' success and the other athletes over there as well. And she's probably going to give us a little bit of an in, 
inside into Karen as well because she's Karen's mum. How good's that? Mm. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Is 16 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Plenty of sport to wrap here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Make sure you give us a call if anything takes your interest, including the Paralympics. What sport and watch event did you find interesting over the weekend? We'd love to hear from you. But Baz, we've got the editor of The Locker Room standing by, a very special guest. A very special guest indeed, and not just to talk through the Paralympics and give us a wrap on that, but we might get a little bit of oil on Kieran as well out the back and find out the mystery that is our man Kieran. He's a great fella, and it just happens to be his mum on the phone as well. But uh, Suzanne McFadden in her own right, an absolutely brilliant sports journalist, and uh, we're very lucky to have been joined by her this morning to talk to us all things Paralympics and also just maybe chat a little bit more about the success of some of our athletes over the weekend who happen to be just quietly, all four of our medals are all females. Any chance, blokes? Any chance of standing up and giving us a little bit of a win? Crikey. Anyway, good morning, Suzanne. Good morning, Baz, and good morning, Izzy. This is a big moment in my life, you know, to be on this show. I listen every morning. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Awesome. Oh, well, we'll make sure, now that we know that you listen every morning, we'll make sure we get Kieran on there more often for you. <laughs> Is that okay? Kieran, take <laughs> yeah, it out of Yeah, your I've been bugging him for so long. Hey, Suzanne. Well, How Kieran. are you, love? Hey, Kieran. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? What is that? Right. We only we only saw each other a few hours ago. He is, he is at home with us doing that. You know. oh, oh, brilliant! Hey, Suzanne, talk to us about um, how great a weekend that was for our Paralympians. Oh, it was just brilliant, and you know. I, I have to say, I think the lockdown has been brilliant for our New Zealand Paralympic team because so many more people are watching the games. And um, but you know, for for good reason, the, the sport is spectacular. It's I think we, you know we've we've matured as an audience and we respect the athletes for what they're doing and who they are, rather than just looking at as as. as being something inspirational. I think, you know, mm. these these athletes give up just as much, they put in just as much as able-bodied sports people do. And, um, you know, there was there've been some brilliant performances so far, as you pointed out, and for a moment there I've forgotten this, all four medalists are women, <laughs> uh, Sophie Pascoe in the pool, uh, Tuponofi in the pool, um, Lisa Adams, of course, in the shot put. What an amazing performance that was. And yesterday, it was just so delightful to see Danielle Aitchison win in the 200-metre sprint. So, oh, sorry, not win, second. She came second, silver medal. So, yeah, two golds, two silvers so far. And if you haven't tuned in yet, it's not too late because we've just entered into the biggest week of the Paralympics for New Zealand. This is when the big guns roll out, and it'll, it'll be cool. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, Suzanne. I uh, really appreciate your time. I just want to, like, you picked up on something. Like, these athletes, they work as hard as anyone else. They don't want any sympathy. But when I was watching on the weekend, just seeing what what their mental toughness, like, how strong they are to, to put their bodies through. I was watching the swimming. There was a person swimming 
with no arms, no no legs, and here's me complaining about getting out on my bike. Like these athletes are so so powerful for what they do, you know? Oh, they are. They're incredible. And that's it. I mean, we're supposedly not supposed to really mention the word inspiring, but how can you not be inspired by that, eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like that, that. That's what I mean. I was sitting at home watching, and here's me complaining, and I'm like, mate, these, these, these women and men are just so inspiring with how they go about their things. They're representing their countries. Like Lisa Adams, you know, seeing what it it meant for for her and her family. Her son at home was so proud of her. Like these mm. these athletes over there, and they fly under the radar. I must admit, they they fly on the radar. They probably don't get the same recognition as as a lot of our mainstream athletes do. And but. That aside, they still represent us with pride and they're still doing, uh, making a good stance over there in, in the Paralympics. Yeah, and, you know, that's why Sophie Pascoe has been such an important um, flag waver for the um, Paralympic movement. You know, 16 medals now, and today she goes for her, we're hoping, 10th Paralympic gold medal in the 100-metre backstroke. Yeah. And now, I mean, you know, having Dame Valerie Adams at the Paralympics, like staying back after her event, staying on in Japan to coach her sister, um, you know, has has raised the profile of Lisa Adams. And we're going to see her, I think, um, go from strength to strength in Paralympic sport and be, you know, a beacon for them as well. So... Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing Sophie swim over the next, I think it's four days. She has four races, and these are the races that count for her. You know, she she won a silver in the breaststroke, but that was a, just a warm-up race. She wasn't even originally entered in that race, but she did it so she could warm up for her four main events. And, yeah, she won a silver, and she, she almost won the bloody gold, you know. She's just outstanding <laughs> athlete. And um, really looking forward to see what she can do there. Michael Johnson, um, this might be a chance for you blokes today in the shooting. So <laughs> he's a, this is his fifth Paralympics. He's won three medals in the past, and apparently he's really on song. So um, tune in for the shooting today. It, it might not be the most electrifying of sports to watch, but it's still really cool seeing those numbers add up, and, and especially if New Zealand's in the lead. So... Yeah, yeah, you need to back him today. Um, the other one is Jesse Reynolds is swimming in the 100-metre backstroke as, as well. So there's another bloke for you. Oh, that might be about when we're nestling into the old white bait in Pinot Gris. Um, Suzanne, what, uh, there's obviously been a lot of highlights already. Um, over the weekend, what, what was the one that, that really stood out for you, which grabbed you the most? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to say Lisa Adams. Um, you know, she broke the Paralympic record with her first throw and then broke it another three times. Nobody came near her. Um, nobody beat any one of her six throws. And, you know, it shouldn't have been a surprise because she holds the world record. She is the world champion from 2019, which was her first world championship form, uh, appearance. Um, and obviously the... Amazing! You can't get a better coach and shot put in the world than than her sister Dame Valerie. But also, you know, the, the sacrifices she's made, the you know, leaving her son at home to come and do this. It was mm-hmm. just, uh, there's just a power. And you know, 
what everybody around the world is talking about is the Adams family, you know, is there a better sporting family out there at the moment? Um, but yeah, it's it, it was. And and I can I just chuck in there um, a plug for the Wheel Blacks. They didn't win a game, but in their last mm. game against Denmark, um, they really showed what they're capable of. And I just fell in love with wheelchair rugby at these games. And um, the final last night between um, the Brits and the USA was just a brilliant game. The Brits won the gold. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, they're looking for more players, more disabled people who might be interested in wheelchair rugby, but bloody hell, it's pretty rough, eh? It's a really, (laughs) really scary sport. I would not like to be in a wheelchair and have one of of those guys coming at me from the side. So, um, yeah, I I give a big plug for them. I think that in Paris, if they can get to the Paris Paralympics, we'll see a much better team. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Suzanne, thank you very much for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We we love championing our champions and and the Paralympics team is certainly some of those. And we got another a uh, lot of champions over the weekend. And we thank you for your insight and coverage as well of of our Paralympian team. So thanks for joining us. And I know Karen is delighted to have you on as well. But we're equally you, delighted. You really so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Can I you just didn't say, sound guys, that excited, thank actually. you to you. No, I didn't. Um, but can I just say to you guys that you know, since Karen's been working with you guys, he's a much more considered an eloquent young man, (laughs) but he still won't fold the washing. Yes. And and you are not. I'm not sure we can help him him with that. Yeah. You're not to get him into punting. Okay. There's going to be no horse racing betting in this family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Suzanne. There you go, Karen. Right. Baz and Izzy. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's six minutes away from eight. Be spoiled this Father's Day with Versace Poor Home. 100 mil, just 59.90 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is just after 8am on Monday the 30th of August. And oh, I would love them at cafe. Right about now, as I'm sure would my man Izzy, but not yet. Hopefully soon. Ah, oh, please. A little bit of caffeine. But in the meantime, we'll just have to make do with just our chat to get up, uh, us up and about. Is, mate, uh, well, some Baz, I don't need caffeine, mate. I don't, <laughs> tell you that, oh, I don't really? need caffeine, mate. My tummy is rumbling, and that would absolutely make it worse. But that's all right. I've got a green tea here, bud. Got a green tea here to settle down. And my wife actually... I don't know what she's delivered me, but she delivered me, I think it's um, Slippery Elm or something. Maybe something for your tummy. A bit of probiotic or something like that. Yeah, mate, I'm struggling slippery here. Elm, struggling. Right. Oh, that's not good. It's a shame, mate. All right. <laughs> oh. Sorry for you. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, the last time I saw you like this, last time I saw you like this was when Cully was on the show. He turned into oh, the time, mate. <laughs> don't, don't uh, Hey, we got a couple of texts uh, here. We got a whole lot of texts actually, which we're going to have to fly through. I'm just going to read out uh, one or two here and then throw it on to you to read out as well. Baz, man, what's the tip of the day? Well, be patient. Okay, good things come to those who wait. We'll get you one soon. There's going to be about ten racing days in a row to get to as well. Also, can we get a shout out 
for Oceanside Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, thank you, Chris. Oceanside Jiu-Jitsu, shout out to you. Is do you want to read through a couple of those, my friend? Yeah, got a got another one here. Uh, NRL great competition. Only Souths and Newcastle can relax as their positions are fixed in. So it comes down to the final round to sort the rest out. What a great competition! That's from Craig. Awesome, awesome. That's what we want when when the competition's up. We don't want anyone cemented at the top. We want it to be a contest right to the end. And then I've got another one here. Izzy, you've played a similar game to league, but from a distance the trail came from. There was no way it was accidental. Way. Eh? Some media in Australia are saying he didn't mean to do it. And that's from Mike. And Louis, you got a bit of audio? Okay. Oh, wow. So I was playing advantage there. Yeah, wow. Advantage. So that's on report. And we'll leave it at that. Rabbit has got the wobbles a little bit here. I was going to come back and penalise you, okay? For high con. No. Hey, Joey, Joey, Joey. <laughs> Joey would like to ask a question. He's very upset by what happened. Wow. There you go, Joe Manu, high tackle from the Charles Mitchell, and for me, there was no way that was accidental. You could see from the distance he travelled, he had one sight, one person in his mind, that was his good friend Joe Manu, and what I didn't see, he didn't drop, mate. He went in, he flew at his head, no no arms, just straight, no dip in his tackle, anything like that. But anyway, what do I know? It's time for a McCafe coffee catch-up, and this morning we've got a rugby league great on the show. 32 Test Kiwi and a legendary rooster, Hugh McGahn. I know he'll be absolutely disgusted with what went on over the weekend up against it. South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, neighbours. The injury-riddled roosters went down 54-12, but it was the shot from Latrell Mitchell on the Kiwi star. Joey Manu that has taken the headlines. Hugh is on the line. Good morning, Hugh. What's your take on that little shot on his good friend Joey Manu, mate? Good morning, Israel. Um, I think, like a lot of people, I think uh, everyone's they're, they're at odds as to whether it was intentional or not intentional. The fact is that he, he did hit him high. Um, I don't think it was intentional, but he he went in with the with the thought, "I'm going to take him out. I, I need to shut him down." And he threw his body uh, body on the line, um, and you call that reckless. Um, but any shot high uh, and to the head with force. Um, is, is an automatic send-off, and irrespective of whether there was intention or not. And we've seen it in, in, in both codes, rugby league and rugby union, where any any shot high, um, there are consequences. Mm. Um, but it, it's it's more the aftermath, I think, that has created a lot of the uh, the discussion around it. Yes, it was high, it was um, uh, non-intentional, uh, but the injury sustained... Um, mm. is has been the talking point, and um, I, like a lot of other people, and yes, the old foe, the Rabbitohs. Um, I've I've got a daughter-in-law who's a Rabbitohs fan, and um, uh, my son Matt, uh, being the husband, there was a lot of discussion Friday night with all of my sons uh, over Viber because mm-hmm. they're all living around the world, <laughs> and it, it, it was a very heated conversation. <laughs> well, um. Is Latrell like this? Is he's had his own? He's had his fair f- share of um, yeah adversity over the last couple of years. A bit of public, um, yeah, things have gone on in the public. Is, is Latrell in real danger of letting himself and his career down by not cleaning up his game? Um, oh, he's he's really riding a fine line. Um, earlier this year, mm. there were a couple of instances against uh, West Tigers where he lashed out with a boot and hit a guy in the in the head. 
um, took a guy out again high um, with his forearm intentionally going to the to the head of a player. And he, he caught some um, some time with that, and there has been other instances um, uh, last year. Um, he, he he plays on a on a knife edge. He's a very aggressive player. Um, uh, the, the instance that really catches me with with Latrell, and and I've I've met the young man, and he's a delightful um, gentleman. Mm. And uh, but when he gets to the field, he has a bit of a transform, and um, and and not on the on the on the better side of. Uh, of a of a character, and uh, with, with that though, um, he has to learn to temper his um, his anger, his frustrations, um, his aggression. Um, and for me, he's still just a little bit immature in that in that sense, where he wants to to be seen to be backing up his teammates or doing this for his team. Uh, but to the extent where he stands stands over people, throws balls into their into their head. Um, and then five seconds later, puts a smile on his face and wants to be a brother with them again. That, that, that to me, just says someone who hasn't got control of his emotions at the moment. So you're right, I think he, he is in danger. Um, if he doesn't learn from these lessons, um, then he's going to be he's going to be out of the game for, for a, a, a fair while. But having said that, mm-hmm. he's just such a, a great player that clubs, will, I think, will try and work with that um, to get the best out of him. And if they, if they sustain a few... Weeks on the sidelines, I think they're willing to, to cop that, given what he can bring to a team. Gee, that's an interest, interesting point you made there as well around him being a great player, because there has been a little bit of criticism of the NRL that they do protect their best players as well when it comes to disciplinary, disciplinary can't even get that word out, crikey. Um, but some of the action that they take as well, uh, I mean, that that incident to me, it, as, a, as a novice, it just looked buggish you know and and i just can't see how they could even how they can't throw the book at him that makes sense yes it does the 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 problem that they've created for themselves is their their whole rulings their 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 grading systems on their penalties and then the in the disciplinary committee um uh firstly you've got um uh humans making a a decision uh, as to what, what grade it fits under um, and then the, the grades themselves have so many loadings and so many variances in them that it's hard to get any sort of consistency. Um, we've gone from one extreme where you had, uh, and I'm talking way back when I was playing uh, well, in, the, in the 80s, where you had one person, Jim Comans, who on his own, he made the call of what um, penalties were handed out. He was the uh, judge and jury, um, and we, we were getting up to 12, 15, 18 weeks, and there, were, uh, there was a guy who had 18-month suspension uh, from the game. Uh, that that started to change the way um, a, a loading system came in or uh, rules came in because it was just set on one person. Um, but I think we've gone the other extreme now where we're bringing in too many rules, too many different variances in, in all of those those loadings, um, but you're still getting human, human error uh, being brought up um, in this whole case, and even from that game itself, Henry Perinara, the video referee, mm. not taking any action until Joey Manu stands up and starts having mm. a, having a crack, and then they really have a, have a look at the video. Then he then he steps in, but then he comes in with a uh, a yellow card as opposed to a red card. Mm. So there's, there's there's a whole lot to take into account. But um, like most most sports people. You'd look at that and say that's that is thuggish, that's crazy. That guy should be wiped out of the game for a, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking to Hugh McGann on our um, cafe coffee catch up this morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Hugh, you mentioned before about your your kids and and your family. How you're they're all scattered around around the place. So what what's the what's the story there? What are they up to? Uh, well, as I mentioned before, uh, my son Matt uh, is playing. He's just gone back to Japan. He's playing with um, the Rico Rams up there, um, uh, and it's, uh, it's his wife who's the the Rabbito supporter. Uh, they've got uh, two young children who we only just met uh, about six weeks ago. They came back, or eight weeks ago, they came back from Japan, and we've just met the new grandchildren there. So I, uh, I've got another son who's married up in uh, in Birmingham, up up in England. Uh, he's playing and coaching rugby up there. Uh, he's also got a, a son um, with his wife that uh, we haven't met yet. And I've got another <laughs> uh, another boy, Rory, who's living in Sydney uh, under the same conditions we are at the moment in some sort of lockdown. And uh, so they are scattered all over the place. Oh, that's pretty well, must You must be pretty excited once all this COVID stuff gets over and done with. You'll be able to travel around and, and see all of them, I'm guessing. Yes, we hope so. We uh, we've been planning it for a while, but the uh, uh, the lockdowns and the quarantines and and trying to find spaces on uh, on the computer hasn't made it easy. Um, and and given work and everything else, it, uh, it it's it's a it's a difficult time, but one we want to really try and uh, make up for it uh, at, at some stage. But we've got uh, a lot of sport to watch in between uh, before all that can can really happen. Yeah. Well, I've played Matty quite a few times, mate. He's a classy player. I remember we played him in Japan when I was over there a couple of years ago. He played for Yamaha. Uh, he carved us up, absolutely teed us to shreds. Did you ever try and convince him to go down the league league track? Well, actually, he he, he did all this time with um, uh, with rugby. He was at uh, Westlake Boys. Uh, then he went to Mags uh, for a little while, and uh, they won national champs. Uh, this is first 15. And uh, yeah. then he ended up... Out of the blue, he signed a deal with uh, the Melbourne Storm for three years. Um, he mm. wanted to learn how to tackle. He, he wanted to learn different aspects um, and wanted and went to a really good club. He was picked up. He was there for, there for three years, uh, but uh, decided to come back to, to rugby. I didn't think it was going to be his uh, his action, so he came back to, to rugby. And um, uh, but he has it in his, his brain. He thinks he might be a good coach. At, at rugby league, I think coaching will be something that he might take on a little bit later on. Um, but uh, yes, he, he's had his um, stint at it and uh, and enjoyed it and learned a hell of a lot under the likes of uh, mm. Craig Bellamy and and in this time there with with Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater. He enjoyed he really enjoyed his time and and you can see why uh, Melbourne Storm are so successful with the the whole character reference they make to, to players. Um, has made a world of difference, and um, he's picked up on a lot of those, and he um, he's doing very very well for himself, and um, uh, happy happy that he is. Um, just uh, under a cloud, under all this COVID stuff up in Japan, where it's, it's still a small issue. Um, he's just got back into yeah. training after his uh, uh, um, isolation period, and um, but they're, they're they're still stringent on their rules and and everything else that they do up there, and like you. You would know they're they're very compliant the Japanese and uh, they don't yeah. need hard lockdowns, but uh, a lot of yeah. the people just do things because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, hundred percent. Only ones breaking rules are those bloody Kiwi foreigners. I'll tell you that Japanese <laughs> they are Japanese citizens. They follow the rules, um, mate. Just before we go, the Warriors. Can you give us anything to cheer us up? Cheer bears up, mate. He's a bit deflated this morning. I am a bit. Well, I think the Warriors. 
Yeah, it's it's been really a, a, a disappointing season for them. But given what they've had to, to put up with for the last two years, um, there's been a number of changes uh, within the uh, um, within the club, coaching wise, uh, general manager wise. Um, and players moving in and out, and obviously uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek uh, uh, withdrawing a uh, number of players that left through the year. They brought some very good players coming in. Now, if they can if they can keep that group, what I, what I have noticed, even though the results haven't come, what I have noticed, there has been a change in the way that they're, they're playing their game, the way that they're moving forward. Um, Adam Fittler-Blake, I think, has been a major contribution towards that. Mm. There are some good players, even um, uh, Matt Lodge, despite his background, um, and Matt did some time with him at, when they were both at the Melbourne Storm many years ago. Um, uh, he is a, Even though uh, public image on him isn't great, he is a really good guy and um, wants to do the right thing, has a couple of brain snaps, yes, like a few of us have in, in uh, earlier days, um, but um, he has to learn. I think he has got to the stage where he, he's learning con- to control those. But I think there's 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 a good base starting to to take shape within the the Warriors at the moment. Their biggest issue at the moment is is their halves. What is going to be the halves pairing moving forward? They've got their fullback in Reese Walsh. If the Broncos don't come in and and take him, uh, you've still got Harris Davida. Uh, in there, who I think is a long-term uh, prospect uh, for them, so they're looking for another half, and they've got to settle on a on a uh, on a, on a hooker. Once once that's settled, um, I, I think the rest of the team is looking in good shape. I, I'm disappointed to see uh, Peter Hikulu, but uh, I think he's been great for them, especially these mm. last two years um, away from home. He's he's been a major contributor to, towards them, and disappointing to see him go. Uh, but I think there there is hope, um, and I'm not a Warriors supporter. I, I I like them because they're from New Zealand, and we and we support them here. But obviously, being a, a Roosters man, that's that's what I'm focused on at the at the moment. But I, I think there is there is hope um, further on down the track. I, I like um, Nathan Brown. I think he's got a good head on him. I think he he's got a good basis for for building a a team for the future. Well, that's very encouraging to hear Hugh McGann say the Warriors have got some hope, and there's a little tidbit, a couple of tidbits in there as well, exactly where we need to strengthen. I'm a Warriors fan. We're keeping the faith, as we always do. Tell us, Hugh, uh, before we let you go, mate, who's going to win this year's NRL? Uh, I, I really I can only see uh, one of the top three in Storm Panthers, um, and you have to throw the rabbits in there. The Latrell Mitchell will be a major loss for them. Six weeks out, that's his season done. Um, it has to be out of those those two. The Storm Storm Panthers. I lean towards the Storm because I, I I've always liked the club. I just like their their whole being and what what they're on about. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if the if the Panthers get up. But Nathan Cleary in that team, they're a big shot of winning winning the uh, the uh, the grand final this year. I. It's it's got to be one of those two teams. Like you can't really seriously look at anyone else. The inconsistencies of all the other teams start to, to pop its head up. Those other two have been consistent throughout the year. Well, awesome, Hugh McGann out of the Roosters in Sydney, mate. Thanks so much for your insights into what's happened over the weekend and uh, all the best. And give give Maddie my regards over in Japan, mate. All the best, Israel. Thank you very much. Thank thank you, gentlemen. Awesome, awesome. There's Hugh McGann, mate. All things league champion. Yeah, some fascinating insights there, eh? Just 
very considered man, isn't he? Very considered and incredibly knowledgeable, clearly, on uh, on the sport of rugby league. And it's good to hear him talk about his kids, too, and see what they're up to. And another lovely McCafe coffee catch-up for us is, this time with Hugh McGahn, former test skipper. And big roosters, man, eh? Strong roosters, man. You could pick that up in the in his chat, too, couldn't you? Mate, I picked it up when you brought up the kids. Like, I've played against Matty plenty of times, mate. He's an absolute class player. He plays over in Japan now. He played out of the Blues, uh, North Harbour. So he's he's real skillful. So, I was, yeah, that's that's a great little insight you gave me there, uh, Bears. Cheers for that. He's a yeah, good, classy little player. Or Matty McGahn over in Black Ram. Rico over in, over in Japan at the moment. Yeah. All right, we're going to shoot off to a break. It's 21 minutes past 8 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got Pauli Mawate from the TAB after this. But for now, it's big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Twenty-six minutes past eight, the PGA Tour, the BM Dub Championship. Gee, it's how low can you go right now? Bryson DeChambeau, five under for the round, twenty-six under in total. Patrick Cantlay, hot on his heels. They're in the same group. They're through about eleven or twelve holes. He's four under for the day, twenty-five under. I'm sure you can go and have a look at all of the latest golfing odds on tab.co.nz. Speaking of tab.co.nz, our man Paul Mawate is on the line. Morning, Paul. Good morning, boys. How are you? Oh, licking our wounds, Paul. Licking our wounds from the weekend, mate. What about our multi-stinker? It was. Uh, we also we did a bonus back on the whole card at Caulfield, and I, I do believe we all tipped out one runner at Caulfield each. Um, should we just have a little review of that? Because we'll start with the good news. Uh, Izzy tipped out Probabile. In the Cockrum, the Group Three Cockrum Stakes, and she delivered. Shot is. Shot is. So we've got to yes, win is. there. Uh, I think in the Memsey, um, was it Bad who took out Aegon, who finished fourth. Yeah. So you got a bonus stuff. bet. Poorly. You got, yeah, yeah. Too far back. Had to weave through as well. Um, so hard done by them. Still got a bonus shot, bet. Yeah, exactly. Um, where else did we go? Oh, yeah, I had uh, Delphi in race seven, finish fourth. There's another bonus bet for you. Um, and now you Louis, where run? was Louis? Uh, I thought, it, yeah, I'll stay. I'm staying with Delphi. Yeah, definitely. A little bit one pace, then, wasn't it? A little bit one pace. Uh, yeah, I think he wants a bit more too. Once a bit more, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait for him to step up over ground. And then, was it Lunacorn that Louie had? Yeah, Lunatic, we'll call it. It's useless. You have to be a lunatic. No, we lost. Jamie, she's a tricky... The, the, the bully was, she's a terrible meter ride, and losing Jay Carr is just was a, a bit of a terrible right. situation. So I'll stick with her as well. So, look, I, don't, I think they're a good group of horses to follow. Yeah, definitely. Well... We know what Probabil and Aegon can do because we've seen uh, them do it before. Um, so sticking with the bonus back thing, we've got a we've got a bonus back promotion today at Benalla on the ra- on races oh, one yes. and two. The, oh, oh, perfect! 
<laughs> yeah, good. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's one I like at Vanilla today in the first actually, Paulie. It's at the top oh. of the card. They're carrying the top weight. It's Antipodes, oh. trained by James Cummins. Oh, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really sad that I said that now. <laughs> <laughs> good work, Paulie. Okay. So bonus back. All right, that's excellent. Yeah, okay. bonus back, race one into it, Benalla. Uh, just place a fixed odds win bet. Uh, and if your runner finishes second, third, or fourth, we'll give you your money back up to $30 as a bonus bet. Baz likes Antipodes. Oh, my goodness, paying $13 at the moment. Yeah, that's right. The horse doesn't know what it's paying, though, and it's the only go-dolphin horse at the entire meeting. You do the math yourself, but I'm taking the <laughs> I'm taking the 13. So look out, Paulie, look out. <laughs> oh, gee, this could be a Black Monday. <laughs> thank you very much, Paul Mwate, for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Of course, thank you to TAB Promotions in Play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. It is coming up 8.30 in the morning, which means we've got Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock, which means we've got 28 minutes to get this puppy home for a Monday. The golf is going on. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Cantlay in an absolute shootout. Manchester United got up this morning 1-0 over the Wolves, and the texts are flying in. Somebody's asking for a tip. Well, there you go. Mark Baz has just tipped out Antipodes at Benalla in race one, which is a TAB bonus back race up to $30. Whenever you text, you could be our text of the month, which is announced this Friday. We've had some great texts and messages over the month, so it'll be a hard it'll be a hard job, and you have to be a good judge to figure out exactly who that temper beard valued at $10,000 will be going to. But until then, well, we've got... To get to our Choices Flooring poll results, the Choices Flooring Inspiring Choices magazine, the ultimate bedroom style guide, is out now. So download today. And we've had some good interaction with the poll today, actually. Some people suggesting that Manchester United should have been in the poll because of, well, the obvious, the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo. We also had someone say, I think it was Rangers should be in the poll, which is... It's good to see some passionate people getting up and about for uh, the Rangers in the, where's that, the Scottish League. But Probabil, she streaks ahead of them on the track, boys, and she streaks ahead of them in the poll. 41% of the vote. Who had the better sporting weekend? Probabil beats out the Adams family, the English cricket team, and the Parramatta Eels. And it's probably because everybody's listened to the show and backed her. So there's a bit of bias going on, don't you reckon, Izzy? Oh, Izzy's mic's not working. Bez. <laughs> oh, oh okay. my bike was off. My bike was off for some reason. I do not oh. know why. But anyway, I'm back. Probabil. <laughs> Probabil. I backed it. I backed it. And Paul Moati was laughing at me, but I backed it. And his one came forth. And Aegon was storming home. And, well, Luke, whatever the name Luke Horn is, well, that was a... Horrible bit. <laughs> just on that. Just on Lunacorn. Thank you, thank you. On Lunacorn, though. The trial of, of oh, Lunacorn was actually massive. <laughs> uh, the trial of Lunacorn leading into that race was massive, but it ran flat on the day. So it might just pay to put a line through it, see what the stewards say. There might be an excuse there. 
but it's okay. it's far better than what it showed on that day. Aegon back at a next start. Now just for a little bit of just just that tip that I've given out. Okay. Yeah. Antipodes. Keep in mind everyone that it is thirteen dollars for the win. Okay? It's not a dollar thirty shot. Thirteen dollars and three dollars <laughs> sixty for the place. So put a little bit on on the each way, even though I'm not much of an each way punter. I prefer to go on the nose. But it's a first starter in a maiden field, 1,100, what is it, 1,106 metres. Probably need the final six metres as well. It's got Fred Kersley on. It's <laughs> carrying 57 kilos. It's drawn the four. It is James Cummins' only runner for the day. There is a bonus back promotion with the TAB at Vanilla. $13, okay? Just keep that in mind. Mm. Don't. Don't come at me on. Don't come at me tomorrow when it, you know, if it if it runs second and go. Oh, yeah, the tip didn't win. Blah blah blah. Anyway, lads, great show. Been listening on and off as dealing with the kids. Have you boys given out any tips for today? My account was full after Saturday, and I got too cocky and drained it yesterday. I need an expert Baz winner to top it up. Well, Mark, that's from you. I've given you a nice each way play, okay. Now, gamble responsibly. How many times do we have to say it on this show? Is you got to gamble responsibly. Crikey. You do. You do. My, even my dad was spraying me on the weekend when I rang him. You can't do that. You can't say, I said, apologise, Dad. It just come out of my mouth. Sometimes things slip out that you don't mean to say. So, yes, gamble responsibly. <laughs> At $13, that's right up my alley. I love a juicy odd so I'm on. Yeah, good. Good as I, I think thirteen dollars is ex, extra good money for that. I mean, it, let's see, it might run dead last, but if it wins, then oh, we're gonna have some happy. Hey, here's an idea: if you back it today and it wins tomorrow, yeah. please call us tomorrow morning. Please call us yep. on the Kennards High phone line oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. If it loses. Don't call us, okay? <laughs> Actually, call us as well. Call us as well, and I'll take the heat for that one. It's 8.36 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Coming up next, we've got Phil Totarangi. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. He's NZ. 18 minutes away from 9 o'clock. You've still got time to give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line. 0800 Then you've got Ian Smith, Staffy, Beave and Curse, great to catch up with Beavies. His voice gets me every time this morning. Another one of our colleagues on SENZ, Baz, is Phil Tatorangi, the former PGA winner, of course, that that time in Vegas. And uh, he's he's part of the family, isn't he? He is part of the family. He's got a slick wedge game as well. And that wedge, well, he needed all of the wedge on Saturday morning because... Everyone out there, because of like the lockdown, there's a little studio here in Matamata, which I operate out of every morning, and and in the weekends has had to be operated out of by Totorangi and also Tainer as well for the afternoon show on Saturdays. The Good Oil. Well, we've had a bit of an issue. So what Phil's done? So he's come in, he's gone upstairs. Oh, actually, I'll let Phil tell the story. Phil, good morning, my friend. I was quite happy for you to tell a story, Baz. I was just happy listening along going, who's the clown that does that? <laughs> this is great content. Everything we do is content these days, isn't it? How fun is this? Talk us through your little issue and your wild, wild Saturday morning it was in Matamata. Yeah, it was a dark, uh, cloudy, rainy Saturday morning in Matamata, and uh, <laughs> the key is in the in the special spot, so... No problem with getting into the studio, but when I got there and figured that the iPad was near on out, I figured, well, geez, I better pop down to the car and grab the old 
charge cord and just get back in time to uh, to kick off the show. Little did I realise, of course, growing up in the king country, mate, you never lock the door. But the, but the missus, she's trained me well. She's trained me well. Always lock the door. Always click the switch. And so, I must have just clicked the switch. And then, of course, there's that uh, that moment where you go back trying to climb into the studio, and you're only about ten minutes or so away from going to air. And then it's the old oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. There, there was a couple of deep breaths as I was kind of considering all my options, but the uh, the best one was a wedge to the window, basically. <laughs> She's put the wedge straight through the window. Is. How good did, you, did you really wind up? Oh, well, I'd put it this way. It wasn't the first shot. I was thinking, oh, can I just make a little tap here? It won't shatter too much. I won't draw a tap. St. John's across the road, they're all there. First of all, I didn't actually want to draw attention to myself because here I'm a mouldy boy with a black hoodie sweatshirt on tracking my way to the studio. The last thing I wanted to do was draw attention to myself. I tell you what, on second whack, because now I'm now I'm running out of time and Jacob's up in the studio thinking, Oh shit, I he's gonna be here. So I had to wind up the second time around and uh put it this way, the grass the glass did not land silently. Um, and I am surprised that in your neighbourhood, in your neighbourhood, there was no one that asked any questions about a broken window at about uh, 10 to 6 on a Saturday morning. It's just a normal, bun. Oh. It's just a normal, man. <laughs> Mate, how's about oh, this man. as well? Phil, this will make you laugh too. So obviously last week, Tainer, so he, lock, he locked the key upstairs as well, right? So he had to go and get another key and then come in and open it. Gave him specific instructions. Don't lock the door, mate, because the door will shut behind you and it'll be locked out. <laughs> anyway, did it. So so anyway, I get to the studio this morning. I get in here at 4.30 a.m., you know, on air at 6. I go, get inside. And I said to him last night, don't lock the door upstairs, mate, because I haven't got a key for it. Right, so I get in, <laughs> no. come in the main door, walk up, see a couple nah. of shards of glass. So you obviously didn't tidy all that up, Phil. And then walk up the <laughs> stairs, thump, 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 get upstairs, doosh. Try and open the door. I'm not sure what sound that was, but try and open the door. What do you know? Door's locked. And I'm like, Dana, what have you done? She's in. Of course, it's 4.30 in the morning. I've got no key for that door. So I'm like, well, how am I going to get in? There's no windows. It's up on the first floor. So you know what I had to do? I had to go down to the ute. Luckily, I had like a little crowbar in my ute. I'm not sure why I've got a crowbar in my ute, but I do anyway. And then I have to pop the door off. So I've got to pop it off in its hinges, lift it up, move it to the side, try and get on air for 6 a.m. So I send Tainer a filthy message. I'm like, bro, any chance you can listen listen to the instructions? I was like, these these couple of fellas are really upset in my studio oh. and matter, matter. So, crikey, we'll have to work on it. Now, we've only been on here about, what, a couple of months or so, that they are second-guessing whether they're actually having a studio and a couple of bloody Muppets. They can't follow instructions to be part of this whole gig, aren't they? They are second guessing whether actually having some space there for your studio was a good idea. Well, they seem fine with me. They just have a, a little bit of an issue with you and Tina. <laughs> <laughs> <Quite right>. hey, <laughs> hey, don't, don't jump off the walker that easy. You're, you're implicated here because of Tina and I. You're involved. Okay. All right. I'll take this one on the chin. Poor leadership from me. I've got to be more instructional. <laughs> rather than expecting my two mates to be able to think for themselves. Thanks for joining us, for, and Phil, on, uh, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Good to, it's good to hear from you, mate.
Tell I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll use the key next week, Baz. Trust me, I will. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Good man. There's <laughs> Bill Totarangi. Of course, he has teared up here on Saturday mornings on, on, uh, on SCNZ. He's doing a wonderful job as well. Get listening to it. Listen to everything about golf in and around the world. He is a wonderful man and a, and a source of great knowledge. Just doesn't know how to take the key downstairs and is better just putting the old wedge through the window. What a legend. We got that one tidied up anyway. If you happen to be walking past, you can't get in anymore. It's 8.48 in the morning. Baz and if your breakfast. We've got Smitty for Temper Sleep On It coming up soon. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.